0: Hello and welcome to The Shining Light, where we are shining the light of the gospel and speaking the truth in love, providing strength, and stirring the hearts of our listeners. We are so glad to have you joining us today as you listen to this message from Pastor Tim Cruz.
1: And I'm so thankful for what the Lord has done for us and the victory that we have in Him. Now, we're engaged in a battle You think about the spiritual battle that we're all facing, that we're all fighting. If we're trying to do something for the Lord, if we're trying to follow Him, there is a warfare that's taking place. You see the spirit of Antichrist, just a preview of where this world is headed. It's that spirit that comes before the actual unfolding, the unveiling of what the world is yet to face. And I think about the spirit of antichrist, anti-truth, anti-right, anti-righteousness. Anti oftentimes those who are trying to do what's right, trying to follow the Lord, trying to stand fast. We need to be praying for one another, encouraging one another in this hour. There are many whose hearts are failing them for fear. They have given over to a sense of dread and uh, just fear of what they're going to face. And we have an adversary who will try to talk us out of everything that God has for us. Asap said in Psalm 73, My feet had well nigh slipped. I came so close to missing what God had for my life. And we have an adversary who would love to take from us everything that God has for us as a thief. He comes to kill and steal and destroy. The Bible says He's the accuser of the brethren. Always just um, throwing all kinds of things against the people of the Lord. And uh, just in every way trying to demean, diminish, discourage, divide them. And may the Lord speak to us tonight as we consider what we began with here in Psalm 5. I want you to turn with me in God's Word to that passage tonight. Psalm 5, David is here often frequenting the courts or the court of King Saul and, and uh, his servants, those who were loyal to Saul. And oftentimes they cast aspersions upon David and, and doubted him, indicted him, uh, just with evil surmisings in every way tried to diminish him in the eyes of the king. And when we read this psalm, we think about it. The inscription here says, to the chief musician upon Nehaloth. Some believe this to be a musical intru- instrument, but others believe that this is, speaks more of the character of the psalm itself, uh, meaning the inheritance of the Lord. The righteous are the Lord's inheritance. And so one thing that we can know that God teaches us in the book of Isaiah, that this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, then the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. That's our heritage. That's our inheritance. God will defend us. David needed the Lord to defend him. Note some things here, he begins in verse 1, "'Give ear to my words, O Lord, consider my meditation, "'hearken unto the voice of my cry, "'My King, my God, for unto thee will I pray. "'No matter what earthly powers there are, "'there is but one power in heaven, "'the greatest power of all. "'He is the ultimate authority.'" And so we can appeal to Him. But I want you to underline the word hearken in verse 2. Lord, I want you to hear my cry. He said in verse 3, "'My voice shalt thou hear in the morning, O Lord, "'in the morning will I direct my prayer unto thee, "'and will look up. "'For thou art not a God that hath pleasure in wickedness, "'neither shall evil dwell with thee. "'The foolish shall not stand in thy sight. "'Thou hatest all workers of iniquity. "'Thou shalt destroy them that speak leasing or lying.'" dishonesty, casting aspersions or doubt or shade upon someone with integrity. The Lord will abhor the bloody and deceitful man. But as for me, that's what I want you to see and underline, but as for me, now Lord, this is what others are doing, but this is what I'm going to do. I have a choice. I have a commitment to make and to keep. But as for me, I will come into thy house in the multitude of thy mercy, and in thy fear will I worship toward thy holy temple. Lead me, O Lord. Now think about it. He's saying in verse 2, Lord, hear me. In verse 8 he's saying, lead me. In the midst of all of this, O Lord, in thy righteousness, because of mine enemies, make thy way straight before my face. Lord, mark my path. Help me to walk in the light Of your truth. For there is no faithfulness in their mouth, their inward part is very wickedness, their throat is an open sepulchre, they flatter with their tongue. What a description there of those who have no faith, no heart for God, nor his servant. And so it says, destroy thou them, O God, let them fall by their own counsels. Write down the word, protect, hear me, Lord, lead me, protect me, destroy thou them, cast them out in the multitude of their transgressions, for they have rebelled against thee. Think of that. I remember my mother saying, I've written it here in my Bible in 2005, I would rather be in the fire than the one who started the fire. I thought that was a pretty good statement. I'd rather be in the fire. I can trust the Lord to be faithful there as He was with the Hebrew children. I'd rather be in the fire than be the one who started the fire. He says, But let all those that put their trust in Thee rejoice. Let them ever shout for joy, because Thou defendest them. Let them also that love Thy name be joyful in Thee. For Thou, Lord, will bless the righteous With favor wilt thou compass him as with a shield. Think of that. He's saying, Lord, hear me. Lord, lead me. Lord, please protect me. Set a hedge about me and defend me. Lord, would you bless me? God, would you bless my life? I want to tell you, no matter what you're facing tonight, what you'll face in this coming week, there's a God in heaven who can give you grace, who can give you victory, who can give you blessing. The Bible says, the Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will He withhold from them that walk uprightly. We can't choose for others how they'll walk, but we can and must choose for ourselves how we'll walk before the Lord. And that's what David is saying here. He's saying, but as for me, I'm telling you, Lord, this is what they've chosen to do, but this is what I'm going to choose to do. And that's something that no one can take from us is our choice to love the Lord, to serve the Lord, to do right before the Lord, because God will take care of, God will attend to, hearken to, and listen to the voice of our cry. When we look to Him, He will inhabit the praise of His servant. He will manifest Himself, His presence, His peace, His power on our behalf. But as for me, I think about Joshua. He said, now you're going to have to make a choice. Choose you this day. You choose whom you will serve. But as for me... In my house, the ones that I'm responsible for, we will serve the Lord. That's my choice. I can't make your choice. That's your choice. You're going to meet God with your choice. The fruit of your choice is what you're going to bring upon your loved ones. So choose and choose wisely. But realize it's an individual decision. And that's the way it is for each of us tonight. We're either going to choose to serve the Lord or not. There's no middle ground. There are those who serve the Lord. The Bible says we'll be able to discern between him that serveth the Lord and him that serveth him not. There's two uh, just categories of people among those who profess the name of the Lord. Those who are truly serving him from their heart and those who are not. And so as we think about this, he says, but as for me, here's what I'm going to do. I think it's interesting here that right there tied in verse 7 with that he says, I will come into thy house in the multitude of thy mercy, and in thy fear will I worship toward thy holy temple, the importance of the house of God. I think about what we read over in Psalm 27. Look at David's esteem for the Lord and his house. We read in verse 4, One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in His temple. He said, Lord. I want to be known as someone who has a heart for you, and in having a heart for you, I have a heart for your house. Those who lose heart for the house of God, the Bible clearly teaches us. He even told Ezekiel this. He said, they haven't just forsaken you. They haven't disregarded you. They haven't disregarded my house. They've disregarded me. The reason they don't have a heart for my house is because they don't have a heart for me any longer. When you have a heart for God, you'll have a heart for His house. The place where His people gather. The place where His word is proclaimed. I going to tell you, that's what happened to ASAP there in Psalm 73. He said, I was so uh, disillusioned. I was so discouraged. I was so uh, dismayed and, and confused about this thing. I saw the prosperity of the wicked, the suffering of the righteous. And then I thought, what is this? Until... I went into the house of my God. Then understood I their end. I thought, whoa. Wow, they rise so high in this world, but they fall so hard in eternity. He said, Lord, forgive me for envying that. He said, I realize now that you're with me. You hold me by my hand. You guide me. And afterwards, you receive me into glory. I'm not missing out on anything. I'm of all people blessed. I don't always understand what you're doing and don't see what uh, others have chosen in their heart and the unfolding of that, the end of that. But Lord, by faith, I know this, that you're trustworthy and your house helps me get clarity in the struggles, the confusion of life. I'm glad we can come to the Lord's house on the Lord's day like this, aren't you? Many a time have I been quickened. I never forget one of our men. Years ago, he came in late. Uh, he was working uh, and just a diligent, uh, hard-working man. He came in late. And uh, God spoke to his heart in the message that Wednesday night during prayer meeting. He told me, he said, Pastor, you just don't know how close I came to missing church tonight. He said, I was so tired. I was running late. And I thought maybe I ought to just go on home. But something inside said, no, you need to be faithful to church if you can be there. He said, so I came on. He said, I cannot tell you how God spoke to me tonight. He said, that message quickened my heart in ways that only the Lord knows. And I want to thank you for it. God has something for His people at His house and it's from His Word. And God wants us to come ready to receive what He says. But look with me here in Psalm 26. Now David, these themes here are similar. In this psalm, as in Psalm 5, there are those working against Him. There are those who are pushing against Him. And so he's asking the Lord, he says in Psalm 26, "'Judge me, O Lord, for I have walked in mine integrity. I have trusted also in the Lord. Therefore, I shall not slide. Examine me, O Lord, and prove me. Try my reins and my heart, the deepest parts of my heart, my mind, my very soul.'" For thy loving kindness is before mine eyes, and I have walked in thy truth. I have not sat with vain persons, neither will I go in with dissemblers, those who divide, those who in every way tear down and discourage. I have hated the congregation of evildoers, and will not sit with the wicked. I will wash my hands in innocency so will I compass thine altar, O Lord, that I may publish with the voice of thanksgiving and tell of all thy wondrous works. Lord, I have loved the habitation of thy house. There it is. The place where thy honor dwelleth. I wrote here in my Bible in 2011 when I read this. SLBC, the place I love. The place I love. This is the Lord's house. This is where the Lord has me and my family I love the Lord. I love His house. The place I love. The place where thine honor dwelleth. See church is not about us. It's about the Lord. It's not about attracting people. It's about attracting God. And if we attract God. He inhabits the praise of His people from a heart that is genuinely sincere and yielded and devoted to Him purpose to obey His Word. I'll tell you when we lift Him up The Bible says he'll draw all men unto himself. That's what God wants us to understand. We read in verse 9, Gather not my soul with sinners, nor my life with bloody men, in whose hands is mischief, and their right hand is full of bribes. But as for me, there it is again, underline that. But as for me, now there are those who try to manipulate, they try to maneuver, they try to do everything. It's all about what they can do in their wisdom, in their strength, in their flesh, in their ability. But Lord, I know it's not about me and what I can do. It's about you and what you can do. So therefore, you get the glory and not man. But as for me, I will walk in mine integrity. Redeem me and be merciful unto me. My foot standeth in an even place. In the congregations will I bless the Lord. A lot of times what we need in life is to get our bearings. We, we are struggling. My feet had well nigh slipped. I just about stumbled and fell. God says, I, I want you to get your footings. We've used the expression, to, we need to help some people till they can get their feet back under them. And they can stand anew on their own two feet, having fresh direction, bearings from the Lord. It's like, here's where I'm at, and here's where we go from here. And here's how. I'll tell you, that's what you get when you follow the Lord. God will give you your footing. God will establish your goings. That's the promise of His Word. A lamp into our feet, a light unto our path. God will guide us each step of the way. And so he says, Others may think that they, they're going to uh, fare just fine and they're going to prosper by walking in the light kindled by the fire of their own understanding, Isaiah 50, 11 teaches. And so he says, But I'm not going to lean to my own understanding. I'm not going to go my way. It's not going to be on my terms and what I think or what I want. But as for me, I'm going to do what God wants, I'm going to do what's right. I'm going to let God's Word govern my life and guide my steps. He says, I will walk in mine integrity. That's something that others can't take from us. But we can surrender. And God says, guard your heart. And all He says that, but remember that's what Job did going through his deep trial. The Bible says, He maintained his integrity. He just did what was right. Sometimes what is right is not easy. It's not popular. It's not understood. Sometimes it's truly, totally misrepresented, misunderstood in people's minds. That's what it was for his friends in that day. He says, I'm going to trust the Lord through this. I'm going to trust God to deliver me for God to be there for me and to do what is necessary to protect and preserve me. I'll tell you, redemption is a picture of a price being paid. And we are God's purchased prize through the price of the blood of his dear son. God has an investment, a vested interest in us. He's not going to leave us hanging. He's not going to just leave us out there. That's the way the world operates. That's the way others do. They, they can run with people for a while and then leave them hanging. I'll tell you, that's not the character of our God. Aren't you glad for that? Because it's not about what we've earned. We haven't earned anything. It's all about His free goodness, grace, and mercy, and what He gives to us, that unmerited favor. We can count on the Lord to be there for us, to stand by us, to give us our footing, to help us to stand in an even place. But as for me, there are others who may not honor the Lord, nor His house. We talk of the day in which we live. Post-COVID has been an amazing challenge. This church we've heard of tonight, literally people just haven't come back. And now it has to be restarted. There are things that we are working toward to strengthen and begin anew and afresh in this day. We must do it. We must do it. I want to tell you, things have changed. Airlines, they said, since Saturday have canceled some 2,500 flights. No wonder the airport was so full this morning. It's amazing. They said, travelers over the extended weekend are just left dismayed. And then ask, well, what's going on? Of course, the first is weather, which a lot of times from my remembrance has not normally been this effect, had this effect on uh, flights and cancellations, especially when it kind of comes and moves through. But then they got to the heart of it and said, staff shortages, not with just our workers, but also our vendors people who service us. Are any of you seeing this? It's like people don't want to work. People are short-staffed everywhere. What a dynamic this is. I spoke to a gentleman today. I purchased something at the airport. He was sitting down looking at his phone. And I said, good morning. How you doing? He wouldn't even look up. And I set my stuff down here. And finally, he kind of looked at me and rolled his eyes and like... I'll take you on this register. I was about 18 inches from there. All right, move your stuff over here. So I moved it over there. And uh, he added it up, you know, and I put my debit card in. And I I was going to speak to him, just say, well, I appreciate it because I am at the point, by the way, I appreciate those who do show up. Mm -hmm. You talk about truckers and and people sometimes that uh, people need to be reminded of how vital they are. To all of our supplies and things as such. We need to be kind to people. I I try to be generous in, in tips with people. I try to give even more than I've ever given before just as a token to say, thank you for what you're doing. There's that part of it. But before I could say anything else, it all walked, already walked away in disgust. Like I cannot bear to speak to you. And I thought, Lord, help us. People have such emptiness even in the midst of that. God help us. And I thought about that. Thought, Lord, help help the man. I wish he'd let me speak to him, but just kind of walked away. I don't want to talk. It's sad where our world, where our country has gone. Where is the hope? Where is the inspiration? Where is the aspiration? Where is the good? Where is the goals? Where is all this stuff? I'll tell you what, you can talk our country down, but for so long, and then a generation begins to believe it, and they have no hope, they have no aspirations, and they have no goals, because they think they cannot win for losing when we are still the freest country in all the world. May God in heaven have mercy upon us. This generation must be taught that freedom isn't free. That others paid with their very lives. God help us in this hour. Oh the spirit that we're facing today in so many. It is caustic. It is one of despair. And disparaging everything and everyone But we don't have to get caught up in that. Let's not become cynical. Let's not become negative. Let's not become those who go on about all the troubles of life. I'll tell you what, I've got them, you've got them, we've got them as a society. But God is still on His throne and God is still good. And I've got a gift tonight, it's called life, and I'm alive. And you know what, I have the gift of choice. And no matter what others choose, I know this. But as for me, I can choose. And with God's help I will Walk in mine integrity. I'm going to do what's right. I'm going to honor the Lord with my heart and with my life. Look over in Psalm 35, just one more. Again, if you'll study these Psalms, it's almost like a trilogy. I'm sure there are others, but like these in particular, this is the challenge of David. Those working against, those who are trying to disparage, discourage, discredit in every way, And so here he is saying, Lord, remember we just read, judge me. Lord, would you somehow deal with me, deal with me thoroughly. I want to make sure my heart is where it needs to be before you. I think we all should pray that prayer. Lord, deal with me deeply, deal with me thoroughly. But then here he is in verse 1 of Psalm 35 saying, Plead my cause, O Lord, with them that strive with me. Fight against them that fight against me. Now think of that. So he's saying, Lord, would you fight against those who are fighting against me? The Bible says that salvation is of the Lord, deliverance is of the Lord. The Bible says the Lord shall fight your battles in Exodus chapter 14. The Lord is our rear reward. He goes before us. He surrounds us. He's with us. He follows in from behind. He surrounds us. And so he says, Lord, would you fight for me? There's going to come a time when you're going to have to realize what God taught Moses and through him, all of us, all these years later. The Bible says, stand still. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Be quiet, keep silent, for the Lord shall fight for you. There comes a time when you say, Lord, I'm just going to have to trust you with this. But I'll tell you, there is a time when God will fight against those who fight against His servant. He says that. That is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. So He's saying, fight for me. In verse 23 it says, stir up thyself and awake to my judgment, even unto my cause, my God and my Lord. Lord, vindicate me. And you know what? God will. God will. Sometimes we have to ride out the storm of aspersions of in every way uh, being misrepresented. We have to trust God with it because that's what we read here in verse 11. False witnesses did rise up. They laid to my charge things that I knew not. They rewarded me evil for good to the spoiling of my soul. I want you to underline that word spoiling there. It's a powerful word and it has great depth, the spoiling of my soul. It has the thought of to bereave, as in the loss of a child. No greater depth of grief. And he's saying here, this is the depth with which. They have touched my heart and my spirit, Lord. I am so grieved. If we think we're going to get through life and everybody's going to cheer us on and celebrate us, if we're trying to do what's right and serving the Lord, then we just need to take heart tonight. As they railed against Christ, as they railed against David, a man after God's own heart, so likewise will we face that along the way. What are we gonna do in those times? It's not easy, it's very grievous. They rewarded me evil for good to the spoiling of my soul, but as for me, there it is, but as for me, when they were sick, my clothing was sackcloth. I, I had a heart of, of compassion and concern, of prayerfulness. I humbled my soul with fasting and my, repra- my prayer returned into my own bosom. I carried that, is the thought here. I carried that burden. I prayed, I was trusting God with it, but I carried that burden in my heart for them in their time of sickness, in their time of need. Let me tell you, others may harden their heart toward you, but God will help you to keep your heart tender toward them. And that's what God wants. We're living in a hard-hearted day. And because men's hearts are failing them for fear, the love of many is waxing cold. Cold Cold-heartedness. You're going to face that in this world, but it doesn't mean that we have to become cold-hearted, hard-hearted, cynical, in every way disparaging of God and His servants. But as for me... He said, I behaved myself, verse 14, as though he had been my friend or brother. I bowed down heavily as one that mourneth for his mother. Think of that. He said, you know, what he did to me, Touchment me level is like grieving the loss of a child. But then when he was in great need, I, I looked upon him with a tender regard and compassion. And my mourning for him would, was like that of my own dear mother who loved me and cared for me. Provided for me, protected me, was always there for me. He said, That's the heart that I had toward him. But in my adversity, verse 15, they rejoiced and gathered themselves together. Yea, the abjects gathered themselves together. The word abjects there has the thought of those who are most contemptible. Their heart is, is, and spirit is filled with contempt. For the Lord and his servants, he says, and I knew it not, they did tear me and ceased not. It's amazing. It is good that we don't know sometimes how others truly feel or what they say. It'd be best to leave it alone and leave it there with the Lord. There is a point even where the Bible says in Ecclesiastes, take no thought of all the words that are spoken, for you know there have been times when you've misspoken. You've said things that you shouldn't have said. And so just kind of take it with a grain of salt and go on. Don't make it the end all. Don't make it something that is going to define you or your walk with God or your service to God or your relationship with Him or with anyone else. Others may decide to go down that path, but I don't have to. I have a choice. And there's a God in heaven who will bless that. He says in verse 18, I will give thee thanks in the great congregation. I will praise thee among much people. Boy, if you just study this and compare this every time in these Psalms, he correlates his victory with prayer with committing himself to God, trusting in God, choosing to follow the Lord, to obey the Lord. But it's a correlation here always with his house, being in the house of God, rejoicing in the Lord, praising Him, trusting Him, thanking Him. May that be the heart and the spirit of this congregation of people. They would have that kind of faith and trust in God. Come what may, I don't know what we'll face. I don't know what others will choose. But as for me, I'm going to choose to trust God, to obey God, to rest in the Lord, to rejoice in Him. Because He's been good to me. You say, preacher, can you have the victory in a defeating day? Why, yes you can. Because your victory is not in man. Your victory is not in circumstance. Your victory is not in the cares of this life and the darkness and the coldness and the hardness that this world is seeing as evil evil intensifies in its effects. Evil men and seducers wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. May the Lord help us not to get caught up in that. I have a choice. and God helping me, I'm going to follow the Lord. I'm going to walk in integrity and before God, do what's right. As Job said, my record's on high and God will honor that in His way in his time.
0: Thank you for listening to The Shining Light. We pray that this time has been a time of encouragement and blessing to you. The Shining Light is a production of Shining Light Baptist Church, located at 2541 Old Charlotte Highway in Monroe, North Carolina. If you don't have a church home, we invite you to join us. Service times and more information can be found at our website, www.shininglightmonroe.com. You can also watch our services on Facebook and YouTube and connect with us on social media. Thank you for joining us and God bless.